Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast. And this is episode 104. Hoping you guys are doing well. Hanging in there. Um, making the best out of the situation, the situation that we're all in together. Um, everything's good with me. Um, kind of anxious for this to be over, of course, like everyone else. A lot of people can uh, return back to their jobs. The issue that we have, I have in particular, is once everybody goes back to work, how long will it take for my job to start to kick in? Remember, I'm self-employed. I'm a booking agent. So it's very rare that people just pick up and make a phone call and book acts. It's usually a planning process before it. Now, I could stay pretty busy because while I'm booking one show, someone else could be planning another one. And it just keeps on cycling. So um, so I could stay pretty busy at times. But right now, I don't think anyone's planning anything. And then I think once this whole mess is over, I think people are still going to be running around with their heads cut off trying to, trying to fix things, trying to... Um, you know, get things back in order, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, there's going to be a little bit more of a waiting period, I believe, for me. And then, you know, once they do agree and we go into a contract, it's not always that they pay deposits right off the bat. Now, I live off deposits. Deposits are key for my business. My all 100% of my money, I'm talking about for, as an agent, comes from the deposits. So... Once the acts do the shows, besides my own, um, there's no more income from that event. So let's say I book um, Stevie B. It's not my personal artist. So I only get paid once from him. I get my full percentage, but I get it in the front end. So I'm able to get my money. And then when he goes and does the show, that's it. It's on him. However, if it's Lil Susie or if it's the cover girls, um, not only do I get my deposit, there's also more money that's involved at the event. But, of course, I'm there. So it should be. You understand? You know what I'm saying? So um, so it's very important uh, for things to kick in and, and this ball to get bouncing as quick as possible once this is all over with. You know? Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to get back into action. I'll tell you another thing. You know, like we have... Um, uh, San Antonio Pride, right? San Antonio, yeah, San Antonio Pride, okay, which is the big gay festival they they do every year. Love doing them. Great events, very organized. Most of them, the ones I have done so far, have been really organized. Um, uh, that one, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, if we end this, all right, we're, we're April. They're talking about maybe the end of. May, everything might you know, kind of come back, come back into order. I'm hoping. Okay, so we're talking about the end of May. All right. <clears throat> How many people are really gonna want to be festive in June? Like we're talking about a lot of people. We're talking about ten, maybe twenty thousand people. 
you know, are people going to feel safe enough and comfortable enough to now go into crowds? Or is it going to take a little more time? Is it going to take a few more months, you know? So it's really hard to tell what's going to happen. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. Things always tend to uh, to work out for me. Um, things get rough, just like anybody else. It's just the nature of my business and my entrepreneurial spirit keeps me from doing other things that can secure me and give me a more secured, uh, reliable life. And I've had plenty of those opportunities. I, I get them all the time. I get, well, I haven't had labels in a while, but like labels like Virgin Records had offered me a really great position while I was at Metropolitan. I turned them down. Uh, Several booking agents have offered me positions in their office. All of them were from New York. Um, Money would have been outstanding. Benefit package. 401k, paid vacation, connections to a reputable company. Yeah, I had those opportunities. I had one agency that called me. See, I deal with a lot of these agents also, okay, as a sub-agent. So let's say there's an artist that's exclusive with, let's say, William Morris or CAA, okay, But the client is mine, the promoter is mine. So a lot of times I would call William Morris and work out a deal with them to book their artists. I have to add my money on top of the fee, which is uh, pretty standard. And, um, and, you know, and and it works out like that. So, you know, those, I've done that several, several times with pretty much Every agency in existence. The last time I dealt with William Morris was for an LL Cool J show. And he wanted a lot of money. Okay, we're talking about a quarter of a million dollars. And the promoter was okay with it. The promoter wanted to pay it, which would have been a nice payday for me and for William Morris for one gig that I don't even have to go on. Um, but then LL turned it down. He didn't want to perform anymore. All he wants to do is act. He'll do some hosting. And even his hosting is expensive. I think it's more or less around the same amount. You know? So, yeah, it seems high, but they get it. Believe it or not, these artists get it. They get that money, and it's crazy. Um, but I've had one, one uh, agency in particular that called me up. Well, I was in the middle of a deal with them. And the deal went on for about a week and it went smooth. And these people have known me for a while. I've dealt with them many times. But this one particular time, I spoke to the owner. And he says, hey, Latif, let me talk to you. He goes, I want to to ask you something. I said, what's up? He goes, I have a desk here. I have an office with a desk. I said, yeah. And he goes, the desk has your name on it. That's what he told me. The desk has your name on it. And 
Now, if they would ask me that now, I don't know. I might give it a little more thought. But that thought still might turn into a no. Because I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, mm, I don't think I'll, I would do it. But the time that they asked me, I was real busy. So I don't even think they were, they were going to be able to pay me what I was already making. Not only that, the freedom I had to do what I wanted to do. And, and the, the fact that this is something that I was building and I was excited about. And it just, it just gave me the freedom to do things the way I wanted to do, you know? Now, of course, if I worked for the agency, I would make good money and I'll be, you know, I'll have a, it'll be basically a nine to five. I get to punch out whatever time my punch up time, punch out time is, go home, live my life, spend time with the kid, with the wife, with the wife and kids. Um, and then get back to work the next day and just live an average life. But there was something about even that thought that wasn't appealing to me. Same thing with Virgin Records. So when I worked at Metropolitan Records, um, I also dealt with Sun Plastics, which was their printing label downstairs. Printing meaning they print uh, pressing, their pressing plant. They made 12-inch vinyl, Okay. My job, aside from retail marketing, and I handled some of those orders and I would do shipping on those. I did whatever needed to be done, put it that way. Uh, but I had, I had my own office. I actually had two offices. They did two different, uh, two different things. One was mostly phone work and the other one was uh, mostly computer work. But anyway, um, one of the jobs I had is I used to create the labels for them. The actual labels that go, I said, design the labels that went on the 12-inch records. And uh, it was so funny because it was a one hell of a task back then. Not, now I can knock those things out like in a second, <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, yeah, I dealt with Virgin. I dealt with Epic. I dealt with Def Jam. Uh, man. Uh, so many, so many independent uh, labels as well. But the people that we worked the most with was Virgin Records. And um, I was in constant, on the phone call, on the phone constantly with these people. And these were the people in charge of production. So their job was, once the material was, um, once the records were recorded, then they would send us whatever we needed, whether it was whether it was the DAT at that time, it was a DAT, um, and then we we would go and get it mastered, and then we would go and get it, you know, played it, and then we would go and print it, and we would print it in our factory, and um, and of course I would design the labels because the labels then we would send the send. Uh, the order out for the labels to be made and the labels get shipped back to us and they go downstairs to where they print where they press the records and the labels actually get put into the machine so um, the labels actually get like the vinyl still wet it's still soft and uh, wet uh, when the label is uh, placed on top so when you see the labels on it's not glue it's actual wax you know that holds those uh, those labels in place. So, the people that I used to deal with, there was an opening over there. 
And see, the thing is with these labels, right? If you can get into them, then at that point you can maneuver. Just like anything, just like a publishing company for books, just like just like anywhere. These are huge corporations and there are ladders to climb. And you can climb these ladders. And yeah, you got to hustle your ass. You have to be, people have to know you're hustling. You have to, you have to basically kiss a lot of ass. Um, and it's cool for those who, who have that, who want to do that. My problem, though, has always been those shits are never secure. Anyone that can hire you can also fire you. You know? And that's... And we've seen tons and tons of stories or heard stories and seen, you know, shit on TV or movies of people who have worked their whole lives for a company, dedicated their entire lives. And right before retirement... They get their little severance pay. They get the little gold watch. And the security escorts them out of the building. That's it. It's over. That's it. And at that point, also, there's clauses in there that doesn't let the other employees reach out to you. So that's it. You're totally excommunicated by people that you worked years with. You know, and that's uh, a real shaky, shaky situation. <clears throat> and it was never something that I wanted to be a part of. Now, Virgin had an opening. It was a decent opening. It was in productions. So I would be doing basically what I was already doing, um, except on the other side. Instead of taking the orders from Virgin, I'll be giving the orders. I'll be uh, sending out the orders to the pressing plant. So I, w- I was just going to handle the other side. So the girls that I was working with, who are Virgin, who worked for Virgin. I mean, I worked with these girls for years. I never met them in person. Never had to. But I spoke to them on the phone. We didn't have, like, the internet wasn't what we have today. Um, so it really wasn't even utilized at that. Like, the most sophisticated situation was, like, a, a message board. You know, that's about it. But um, I remember when they they loved me because... I gave them a lot of priority if I had a lot of work to do and there was a delay on their print and they needed to get this shit out. Um, I went out my, my way to get their stuff out there. And, um, and they appreciated that. And when there was an opening, I was offered that opening and I thought about it, but it was, it didn't take long for me to at that point say, thank you, but no thank you. See, I was so, so, I was in my 20s, so I was so new to being in the music, well, I already been in the music business for a long time, but now I was working at a corporate level, I was working for a label, and, uh, and even that, even working with Metropolitan was more of a stepping stone for me, it was something that I needed to do so I can learn to, so I can maneuver in my own career. So I didn't really do it to stay there. I didn't want, I wasn't trying to climb their ladder. They didn't have a ladder. So as I went in there, I handled like every department in there. In fact, when I got to Metropolitan, there was two other people working there. One person did all the manufacturing and the marketing, and they worked with the with the Virgin and all these other labels. And then the other person did more AR, uh, handled um, back sales and you know, 
And when I came in, I was able to do both these people's job and both those people lost, lost their job to me. One of them, I tried to give up my job um, because they had just gotten married. They had just bought a home and supposedly the wife was already pregnant. And when I heard that this person was losing their job because of me, I went to the boss and I offered my position back to him. And I told the boss, I said, listen, I said, I'm pretty new here. He's been with you for a few years. You know, why don't you let him stay on? And I can always find something else. I don't have, I mean, I have my son, but I was, I was okay. I didn't have those big commitments like he had. And the boss shook his head. He didn't care. You know, I don't know if he was trying to, not to sound cold, but I don't know. Sound pretty cold to me, <laughs> you know? And he was just like, don't worry about him. He made it seem like he was gonna take care of him, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know to what extent. I mean, what can you do for someone? They just bought a home. They need a steady paycheck. What are you gonna do at that point? So, and honestly, I never found out what this dude ever did later on. Don't know. And I've dealt with a lot of people in the industry. Never heard any rumors. Never heard that he worked for another label. Never heard that he worked for a radio station. Never heard any of this. I don't know what the guy did. He could have went and just got a regular office job somewhere. I don't know. You know? But that was something that I didn't want to... I didn't want to experience. But, um... I like the freedom. I like what I have. I really do. I enjoy it. And I put a lot of time. Anybody who knows me, who's been around me, knows I, I put my time. You know? People say, oh, wow, you, you made decent money. Yeah, well, depends how you look at it. Look at the hours I put in. Like, my job isn't, I don't clock out. There is no clock. My job is my persona, is my personality. I do this all day, every day, any time of day. You know? So if you took what I make and you divide it by the 24 seven, uh, I probably make like $3 an hour, who knows? So, um, but that's fine, that's fine. And that's what happens when you work for yourself. See, people think, oh yeah, I work for myself, I have the freedom to go do more and to go do this. And it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you end up working more hours. It, you tend to spend less time with your family because you're you're trying to, you're constantly trying to build, man. You're trying you're constantly trying to outdo yourself every year. Now I have a lot of benefits. You know, I was able to watch my kids grow up. My daughter came out the car just uh, out the school bus, just like uh, Santana does, and I'm the first one they see because they come in. So I get to see them. I get to put them on the bus. I get to see them when they come off. So there's. Those are certain things I will never have regrets, thank God, you know, because there are people who have had those regrets. They had to get up early and leave before their kids um, left to school. And then they came home at night, their kids were already home, some of them just watching TV or maybe even in bed, ready for sleep, to go to sleep, you know. And, uh, and then you get older and you look back and you have those regrets and they haunt you. We all have regrets. We all wish we could have done better than we've done. 
But the thing is, we can only do what we can. We can only do what we can. There's not one person, I don't care if they're a billionaire, that's going to look back and say, wow, I, I should have done, you know, I was the perfect father. Or I, was, I was the perfect mother. I don't think anybody can say that. Because there's always going to be some gap that they weren't able to fill. Yeah, I took my child, we, I took my child all over, all over the world. Okay. All right, cool. That's beautiful. But maybe there's something else that's missing. Maybe that real life, that understanding of struggle, which, you know, people say, well, who would want their kids to understand struggle? Yeah. I think it's important because by your kids understanding struggle, they develop empathy for others. You understand? And that's very important because um, they're eventually going to know people or meet people or might even be their very own kids who are going to struggle. Who knows? So they need to understand that, you know. So there's always a gap. There's always something um, like, I wish I would have taken my kids to more places. I think I did pretty good. They've, they've, they've done, we've done cruises together. Um, I've always wanted to put them in an RV and travel the country. Just the country. Forget about overseas. I really don't, I'm not, my daughter's going to see more of the world. My son, maybe when he gets, you know, when, when he's still young. Well, 28 years old. So, maybe, but he's still got time. But, um... I'm more interested in seeing my country where I live. I would love to go to Grand Canyon. Yeah, I realize this. I travel a lot. And no matter how much I travel, there's still a lot that I haven't seen. A lot. So. But anyway, all right, guys. Uh, just wanted to chit-chat with you about that. That was on my mind today. And um, hope you guys do well. Um, stay safe. Okay, don't don't think that this shit is over and then you go and uh, you go in a situation where you get contaminated. Please do not do that. We don't need that. Okay, we've you've made it this far. Let's keep it going and try to take care of yourselves. Um, and that's pretty much it, you know. So be cool and then until tomorrow. Good night, freestyle.